Hello and welcome! And welcome back to everyone who's already started to follow me. Thank you for coming back. Uh, for those who first time virgins here, I'm Sabrina May and this is Real People Talk. Just so to kind of give you an idea, this talk show is kind of going to share the raw and real lives of real people. We're going to just talk and talk and talk and not hold back. So buckle your seatbelts. Let's do this. In today's talk show, we're going to get relatable with those who have been shot down for their ideas and their brilliant, smart minds because of others who feel threatened by it. In other words, while scrolling some TikTok videos recently, there was one audio that caught my attention. The one that has someone schooling everyone on the full jack-of-all-traits quote. Big reason this caught my attention is how many times people have tried to use this abbreviated version of the quote on me. Like, rein it in, Sabrina, hint, hint, or you're too much, Sabrina. Oh, I could go on, but we're going to focus on the term at the moment and the quote itself. I did some research. The term's origin goes back to when Jack was used as generic name for a general representative of common people. Fair enough. You know, like Jane Doe, when they find a body that has no name to go to it. Morbid segue. Sorry about that. <laughs> it was just the first thing I could think of. The quote, Jack of all trades, master of none, is a figure of speech used in reference to a person who has dabbled in many skills rather than gaining expertise by focusing on one. This person is a generalist rather than a specialist. That, so says Wikipedia. Jack of all trades has been used more as an insult to others, even though it didn't begin as one. Like the TikTok audio is reminding us, the complete saying goes like this. A jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. And go figure, it firmly was actually intended as a compliment. Doing a little deeper research on this quote, I found Jody Cook's uh, Forbes article online, and I like the way she described this part, and so I'm just going to read what she wrote, because it's best set. The phrase was originally used to describe a playwright who was always hanging around the theaters. He would help with the stage, the set, and the costumes. He would remember lines and trying directing. This so-called jack-of-all-trades was, in fact, William Shakespeare. Mic drop, right? Being a master of one thing might mean you are an artist or an academic. Being a master of... More means your work has a chance to reach people. You don't wait to be discovered. The power is in your hands. Holding good working knowledge of a lot of areas is desirable, and those who hire you might feel like they've hit the jackpot. In my opinion, picking an area and learning it inside out is one way to begin a specialist career but trying out a lot of things can lead to self-discovery. And in business, companies want to hire 
useful people who can find analogies and draw trends with curiosity for solutions outside a narrow sphere. Broader knowledge leads to greater understanding and being able to advise clients across multiple areas. It's not adequate to specialize and turn a blind eye to other influences. Don't you think? So you can be sure the full phrase was and is a compliment. Today, I want to take back that jack of all trades and own it. I got skills, many skills, and proud of it. Those skills have been fucking earned, let me tell ya. No more being told that I should shelve my ideas and consider slowly letting one out only like once in a while. People, I am a creative ADHD, bipolar, empathetic woman here. Do you have any idea how many I actually, like how many ideas I actually hold back <laughs> compared to how many I actually share? I don't even think I can actually calculate those numbers, to be honest. I am absolutely a jack of all trades. And that's okay. I personally always saw it as a good thing. A useful quality. I was honestly always confused to why people felt that it was an insult or a bad thing. I They literally wouldn't even hire me because based on having so many various industry experiences on my resumes, yep, like literally straight up been told that. Even by a job hunter, one of those like employment placement places, whatever, she shared how difficult it would be to place me because of my experience being not the same to date. By, you know, being a secretary from the day I got my first job until that date. And this is like my early 20s. I couldn't even believe that. But hey, it's truth. So if you will, I will. I grew up being told that knowing too much, having too much experience is a bad thing. Not from my mom. I will absolutely throw that disclaimer in there. My mom has always been an amazing supporter in whatever we wanted to do. She's super into education and learning forever. So not her, but society and everyone around me, school, work, all that kind of stuff. Things that I, they always say that I shouldn't share so much or talk so much, etc. You can kind of say that the society was a little bit more like how my Nana saw us grandkids and how we should be, that children are to be seen, not heard, right? Hmm. As if society tells everybody, be a sheep, follow, right? Well, bitches, I am a wolf. I am proud of it that I am a wolf and I'll go get my own meal. Thank you. I'm going to also, let's kind of, let's go into this. Actually, let's do this. Let's get into how all that is a bunch of bullshit and why. We'll start with my career background. Shit, where do I start? I started working at seven years old, so let's start there. I like performing. My mom was good to get us kids into some groups here and there. More so to get us out of the house, I'm sure, probably. I mean, she had five kids. Like, let's be real. She had me in a program called Triple Threats in PEI. 
If you don't know PEI, PEI is Prince Edward Island, Canada's smallest province on the East Coast. It's like a little sandbar nestled in the ocean over there in the Maritimes around Nova Scotia and New Brunswick and stuff. Sorry, getting sidetracked. But Triple Threats. Triple Threats was a dance and singing and acting like youth group. And at the same time, around that, like when I was doing all of that, there was an ad in the paper that my mom saw and got me an audition and I attempted singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow in my audition and I am not a singer but hey I got the part but it wasn't a talking part anyways um it was to play professionally Anne of Green Gables and it was for a Japanese commercial filming company I did a commercial for them no speaking I obviously English was my first language so I did not know Japanese and it wasn't for that fact by the way the Japanese love their Aunt of Green Gables like so much they recreated her home in like community and stuff like for the story in Japan as like a whole tourist attraction the commercial that I did was somehow in relation to that in some way I think though I never did see or could find the footage later sadly I mean it's if anything it's like VHS at most it's on somewhere i've done some research and never found it again let's keep focusing also but before i go on if you don't know who anna green gables is since it's a a very iconic novel and then some i'm not going to get too far into it because i'm already tangenting like crazy here so i will say google it but i will also say it's a classic written by an iconic canadian female author lucy maud montgomery Anyways, okay, back to my points in my career. I also professionally played a young Elvis Presley and his daughter Lisa Marie in a main stage performance at the Confederation of Arts in Charlottetown. That was a lot of fun. And another random fact, I share the same birthday with Lisa Marie Presley. I ended up having such a personal connection to Elvis growing up after playing and being a part of that and then also feeling connected because we had the same birthday. Not sure why, but it was a weird thing, but always have. And then funny enough, my son's favorite musician is Elvis. Whew, okay, tangenting, ADHD, you're still with me. Let's get back to it. I started babysitting other kids when I was like nine years old. Yep, nine. Like nine years old babysitting babies and little wee ones. People, it was the 80s. I also had a paper route. Remember those newspapers that would be delivered at your door on a daily? I had two of those, actually two routes to really get some money, but get some routes in. And, um, oh, I hated winter paper routes. My fingers, oh, people, I hate it. Hated it. But I was not a homeschool kid. I was a school kid. Like, I went to public school and all that. I juggled all that while trying to navigate through school like juggling all the side things as most children do everybody's got extracurricular activities right you're always constantly doing lots of different things as a kid your kid your parents put you into music into arts into sports into whatever else well you also juggle your whole school thing you know so again jack of all trades um but i juggled All of that while trying to navigate school and how difficult it was, was when no one knew I was ADHD, 
ADHD, where does that come from? ADHD or bipolar until my adult years. Learning in a school environment was not so easy for me, but like experiencing many different work environments when you are older, it helps your self-discovery. And school did the same for me. How would I know about some of the things I've learned in time without school and all my career paths that I was so naysayed? Babysitting really was my main job for years. I often lived in co-op housing, and those are like super filled with single mamas and papas and guardians, all that need babysitters because they all working hard. Definitely, you know, we the upper 1%, never lived in that world, and you got to work, and you, when you get kids, you need sitters. I worked back-to-back shifts with so many houses. I go to school, and then I go to one house, and then from that house, I go to the next house, etc., etc. Sometimes, even at 16, I, there was one single mom. I needed to stay a whole week because she had to go away for work, and she had two boys and it was just her. She didn't have another option and that's the way life goes. I also was a pet sitter, house sitter. Around the age of 13-ish, I made jewelry out of colorful telephone wires and sold them off a table on the roadside from my house. <laughs> yeah, like literally telephone wires because the telephone man would give me some. I won't get into it. Anyways, like a lemonade stand, but more that market made fun items from bracelets to earrings to all kinds of things. I also put on stage performances with friends for our parents on our deck, on our back deck. That was hilarious. Like we, I literally helped produce, I remember sort of one, and it was um, routines and lip syncing to Madonna's Like a Virgin. Oh yes. We set up the chairs for all our parents to come over, etc., etc. And like a virgin, we performed for them. I was 13. I think one of my friends was a couple years younger. Actually, a couple of them. We were all around that age. So could you just imagine? Again, (laughs) something else. I always had something else going on. I also put myself out to the neighborhood as a landscaper with little to no tools. Like, I don't even think, did I have a lawnmower that I could use? Because it was more about the raking. But I definitely didn't have the to- the tools or the knowledge of how much work it really takes to take care of someone's yard. This one house had so much pine needles that just didn't rake up. Like, they just don't. You just, you need like a vacuum for those suckers. I learned the hard way. I think that particular mom happened to pay me. I think I babysat for her as well. But she paid me more just like, you know what? I know you're over your head. I Let's just like let this one go. But I still tried. I worked, all, I worked hard. I'd go from landscaping to babysitting to whatever I needed to do. I did a lot of things. Um, I guess an entrepreneur always and forever, for sure. When I was 16, I got a job at Domino's Pizza. Definitely was the youngest there. But it gave me all kinds of new experiences and another type of work environment, right? Not a home environment. And that opened a door for me. And then I went away when I was like 17. I went to visit my dad's side of the family who lived out in Alberta. For you non-Canadians, Alberta is like in the prairies of Canada. 
Um, I specifically uh, was in Calgary, which they also call Cowtown, and that's all in the western end of Canada. I never ended up going back home to PEI on that trip. I decided to stay and continue there because I also wasn't sure how else I was going to get off the island with other opportunities. If I went back was kind of my like, if I go back, that's what happens. If I stay, what could happen? So I went with that. While I was visiting my aunts and uncles and cousins out there, my uncle had a single mama friend with a couple kids who she needed someone to look after them for the weekend while they went off to do some TV production job out of town. So I was their nanny. I was this kid's nanny just for a weekend. And they happened to love me so much that their mama happened to be looking for a new nanny to help her out and offered me, going, would you like to stay? I could still finish my last year of high school because the kids went to school too. And I would live there and take care of them. I contemplated because I was contemplating really just the idea of missing prom with my very best friend if I did high school my last year there and that was really my only major concern uh, to say the least <laughs> but I stayed I became their living nanny one of those kids had cerebral palsy and he was in a wheelchair their mom had definitely needed an extra hand especially as she was a single mama oh I love those kids he was such a sweetheart. I loved all those days with him. It was good times. The year went really well, for the most part. But at one point, she couldn't afford me super full-time anymore because she wasn't working so full-time. So I got a second job at the movie rental store down the street while I finished high school and still was their nanny. I unfortunately lost the nanny job, though, and home the Monday after, uh, like, the week of my final exams. It was really crazy, bizarre timing situation and how it all went down. But I had pre-let the mom know that I was going to be seeking alternative employment elsewhere come the end of summer. To give her time, I let her know ahead of time. Well, that backfired on me and she didn't need uh, very much time because she found a nanny from the Philippines over a weekend and I was out of a home. Poof, just like that. However, my good friend Jennifer and her parents were kind enough to let me stay there until I could figure things out, let alone finish school exams just so I could graduate. Like, I just wanted to be done with school in every which way. Like, please. I barely did, but I did. I graduated. My boss at the movie store had a brother who had ran a graphics, well, still kind of does actually um my a he ran the graphic printing store downtown it was just a little wee one inside like a hotel literally at the time so much more now but I was way out in the burbs like way south in the burbs and this was a downtown location but he mentioned his brother needed a hand with a second store opening still downtown um and I interviewed for it and I got the job and that job was super life-changing. I eventually got an apartment with a stranger from an ad in the paper <laughs> to get into downtown. Oh yeah, the 90s. It was literally, I'm looking for a roommate. And so, you know, you call up from the newspaper and that's how you get that done. 
I moved in with this roommate and worked at the print shop. Had to leave the movie store as it was just too far away to be transiting it around. And yeah, I also got a waitressing job at a Jack Astor's restaurant somewhere in there. I think while I was still at the movie store before the other, but I can't remember. Either way, I worked as a restaurant waitress um, there. So learn, I mean, if you ever have a chance to be in the restaurant industry, being a server, it's so it's, I don't know, it's almost like something like a class that should be taught in school. Just saying. It's very, customer service is is something else that you just, you got to learn hands-on and you can't just read about it. That's for sure. The world is made up of a lot of different people. Anyways, from that restaurant, I, then what happened? What did I do? Oh, I worked like more jobs, two more jobs. Eventually, I was just down to the print shop. Though, however, my ADHD self doesn't sit around for long, and I eventually got a second job from one of my clients at the print shop. His wife had a restaurant that needed extra hands, so I fell in love with her, honestly. She was like a mentor to me for years at the time um, and became one we've since lost touch, but adored her in that time of my life. I would work that print shop Mondays to Fridays all day, and at the restaurant with her, I would work weekday evenings and weekends, breakfast and lunches, and sometimes evenings. I had a Thursday night off for a while until another friend who worked at an Aldo store near me that I would visit on my lunch breaks from the print shop, and that's how I met them. I'd shopping on my lunches. They said they they were looking for extra hand at their store location. And I was like, oh, I have Thursdays free. And it was close to my other jobs. So it was easy for me to get from one to another between shifts, if you will. And I barely saw the light of day. Let me tell you, if you looked at pictures of me then and how white I was, I was practically see-through just just white so white literally not seeing the light of day I loved my work environments though I love what I was learning through so many experiences and also the people interactions I know I was crazy to work like so much but I enjoyed myself and the people I was surrounded by and I still had time for friends somehow not sure how I did but I did and shopping I definitely do look back and go, where did all that money go from all those jobs? But besides, you know, taking care of myself, apparently I shopped a lot and that's where all that went. Nothing to show for it today. (laughs) Oh, when you're 20. I even actually got another job in there, by the way. Can you believe that? The restaurant, when I worked there, we catered to a group of friends of hers once a week a very late kind of private catered dinner and this group of guys well they liked me so much they offered me to come work with them they ran a nightclub and they said come work with us I'm like "Mm, how am I gonna do that well the hours and the location worked because they were also downtown so I could make it from one to the next to the next in a day 
Mainly Fridays were like the longest days because I'd like work print shop all day and go from print shop to restaurant evening and then after restaurant is when I'd start nightclub until the mornings and then I would do breakfast at the restaurant. So, you know, it was tight. I eventually, I think I, I shifted it, but either way, yeah, I worked. I worked a lot. I gained some skills in so many ways. Amongst those days, there was an accident, though, that occurred and caused me to really shift my working wheels. An injury that caused brain damage from the severe concussion state I was in. What happened? Well, I got dropped on my head. Literally. Like, literally. I won't get into it right now. That's a whole, I think I've tangent enough and I'm sure there's more tangents to come and that's a full story worth it on its own another time. But, yep, for real, I was dropped on my head onto concrete. So for a good month or so, I didn't work. I can't even remember exactly, but that's kind of part of that territory. But I definitely, I couldn't work, honestly. I needed some serious recovering to do at the time. When I came back to life though, I happened to have gone through an employment agency that got me a job as a front desk office manager for a property management company. That was a major pivot in my career. I still did side jobs, cocktail waitresses, even go-go dancer. Yeah, go-go dancer. Woo-woo, this girl's got moves. Literally was a go-go dancer. For those of you not familiar with the term go-go dancer, no, I did not say I was a stripper, even though I considered that like a few times in my lifetime, by the way. But as a go-go dancer, I literally was just paid to show up, dance in a light box or cage or stage for five hours or so, and then go home. I quit that one when they wanted me to like dress like a hooker though. They weren't paying me enough for that. I was like, I could be a stripper and make so much more money if I'm going to dance like that in something like that. But so, yeah, I quit that. However, what I appreciated about that, that job and why I even had it really was like a super powerful, good workout. I just got to dance for like five hours straight. Didn't need to rely on anybody because I didn't need to, oh, do you want to come out with me tonight? Not, etc. Oh, look, I'm tangering again. But what I'm saying is I love dancing. It was a great workout. So, yep, that was a go-go dancer too. But while working for the property management company, I also... Um, Got hooked up with an apartment, not a cheap deal, but you know, an easy application process. So went a little bit closer to where um, I was working. So I was living on my own in this apartment, etc. And at this point, I was working so many overtime hours for this one particular company, the property management company, that like I'm just sitting here thinking in hindsight. I should never have given them so much of myself. But what came from that position I was in is huge, to be honest. That's the ugly, you know, and the good, the bad, the ugly, and what you make of it, all that kind of stuff. The ugly was of benefits if you, in time. What came from every one of those positions, really, in my past, I had all those jobs. It were all so huge. I definitely discovered overall that, that I am a hands-on learner versus a student at a 
desk in a typical class kind of environment. Not that kind of learner. I know that for a fact. Um, but the world we lived in still sought for me to have that education and listing on my resume, you know, like a degree of whatever, certificate or whatever you want to call it, just to be considered worthy of high, higher positions, other jobs, any of it. It was really annoying, really annoying that that's the way people saw me. It was very, uh, not detrimental. There's another word and I can't think of what it is, but we won't stick on that. But you get my point. It was really devastating, if you will, because I knew I had all these skills and I knew I had all this knowledge and nope, I didn't learn it out of a textbook from a teacher, but I was damn good at whatever I did if you gave me the opportunity to do it. Now, I'm also going to stick in while working at that property management company I got pregnant with my son and once I shared that with the company that I was like having a baby, I was so outed so quickly. Like one minute I was potentially going to have a promotion. I was kind of almost like one of the dudes as they saw the work and effort I put in. Like I worked like so many hours and I, I really put my time in at that company. But as soon as my womanness came out, and like they remembered I was a woman, I lost everything. I went on my maternity leave. And when I came back from my maternity leave, they took me back like they have to legally, but not into my regular position. They just put me at a cubicle desk and sat on what are we going to do with you kind of thing. And they quickly, they poked to find any way to get rid of me. Because they had to take me back, but how do you find a way to get rid of you or wait that timeline in order to be able to turn around and let you go? It was really stupid because I had a kid. I had an obligation outside of, and they saw that as a threat, I guess. I don't, I don't know that I just, whew, it gets my blood boiling when I think about it. But it was obvious that at the same time they called me in to let me go, I knew what was coming. So I handed them the letter of resignation as I was accepted into art school. So I was leaving anyways. I'm like, well, this is in my back pocket. Do I go to school? Do I not go to school? I got accepted into school. Should I? Shouldn't I? They pulled me in and said that. I go, well, fine. Then I'm going to go to art school. Bye. And I left. I recognized during my maternity leave, though, I recognized how unhealthy my work lifestyle was when I was finally forced to like sit down and just be with my baby in my mat leave. I had a minute to think. <laughs> Go figure. With a new baby and you have a minute to think, normally it's like the opposite thing you hear that you have is you don't even have a minute. <laughs> but in the beginning days, <clears throat> excuse me, they are definitely, they're quiet little things and he was a good baby. I was a single mom, by the way, like all the way, right from when I found out I was pregnant, I was single because the sperm donor is no part of our lives, never has been, not even worth the breath. So post baby and now leaving the company I thought I was going to grow old with in my career, 
is I really enjoyed the property management industry. Now I'm starting art college with a baby, full-time student, and a single mama. However, as much as I love my creating and art and all that, a school environment is really not where I strive. And I was again reminded of this. The teachers adored me and supported me beautifully, but I decided to let go of art college after a year as there were also so many other life events that happened like at the same time, like I crazy things happened within that year. It was insane. But with all those so many other life events that did happen, which included like my child's and my own consistent health problems and so much more, I truly had no way to balance school and everything else. Now think about this. This is also at a point that I am still completely unaware of ADHD and bipolar, like that those things even exist, that even the anxiety as a whole thing, like I knew to be, you know, anxiety and the definition of anxiety, but I never really truly understood the, um, when I had a neurologist ask me, do you have anxiety attacks? And I'm like, well, explain to me exactly what that is, truly, because I actually don't know. And then he explained and I'm like, well, that happens almost every day. I see and experience all those things. So I had no idea how to, that all those things that I'm also, if you will, juggling with everything else I was doing. I wasn't aware of any of my mental health challenges at that time, except that I was struggling. Even my concussion factor, I'm more aware of concussions and understanding them now than then when I got dropped because concussions were not a topic back then as they are today. So it's really interesting what I didn't know then and what I know now. But I had an extra mouth to feed and the clothe and, 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 you know, raising babies. I had to work, pay for daycare so I could work and, 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 and. I worked office manager, customer service, event production, graphics, marketing, and communication positions in the railway industry, the oil and gas industry, more property management industry positions, retail, restaurant, the health region, art galleries, and more. It was all intertwined though with all things I've learned from previous years, including like the graphics. I taught myself at that print shop back in the day and it has rewarded me in so many ways over my entire career. Within the last 20 years alone, I also, again, explored and since forever have been a part of the entrepreneur world as well. People were coming to me for help in one way or another when I would suggest something and how one can improve their inventory organization or save tens of thousands on doing things in this way rather than that. As I had experience that had shown me proof of benefit, school, no, but experience, I had benefit by all the experience I had and what I knew and knowledge from that experience. I told you, this jack of all trades is skilled, okay? The overall legit experiences I have had over the opportunity to learn from has been like incredible to me. I love my path. 
I took and how I learned what I did. A degree or otherwise doesn't make me. I, I got skills that make me just as equal as someone that had an education and didn't have all that experience, but they have schooling. It's really, you know, it's that toss up. But unfortunately, it's not how the world saw all that. They all looked at me and all that I did that was just a ramble on about things and more saw me as a big old hot mess. Okay? Real big hot, hot mess. That I was uncommittable. That I was unfocused. Well, <laughs> with the ADHD. Not totally untrue. <laughs> I have focus in my own ways. There's, I, anyways, we won't get into it. To me, and the parts that I valued, valued within whatever job I would do, I valued the skills it took to do those jobs, no matter the industry, no matter what kind of typical education background I did have or didn't. I never even included all the volunteer work I did when in my rambling all this time. I've done so many various things for various organizations like pet rescues, animal conservations, single parent groups, sexual abuse survivors, the LGBTQ+, the cancer, or the cancer, you know, the cancer community. There's more than. There was breast cancer and there was lung cancer. There was a few different cancers and more that I help support events, raise money, whatever in different ways. I also produced and voluntarily ran an art group because I wanted to keep up with my art and wanted to surround myself by like-minded people. So I also did a fashion group because fashion is art within itself to me and I love it, love it, love it. I also was um, helped build a fashion council and so many art and fashion geared events for so many various causes and reasons. Did all that too. I built my skills like no one else. Me being a jack of all trades may not make a master of one, but absolutely makes me seriously skilled in many ways that not many can relate to. I am a specialist in my own way. Everything I have ever done personally or work-wise is all connected with reasons. Even when I couldn't see it at first or may not even see it yet, but no, it is all connected, and I was meant to become a jack-of-all-trades and proud of it. See, now I told you, you were going to get to know me more. At least in this episode, you kind of got to know I got a lot to share. So many scenarios, so many experiences. Like, let's just take a second to reflect on the idea that one who is considered a jack of all trades, like myself, that it's not a bad thing. It can be valued and seen and recognized for its value, appreciated for its value. Thanks for hanging with me today. We'll talk more next week. Don't forget to like, follow, share all my social handle stuff. You know, all that stuff. And if if you haven't already, I appreciate if you have. Thank you, thank you. If you need a reminder, the website to find everything is realpeopletalk.ca. Until next time, learn something new 
about someone else and be a good person.